Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast uh, coming all the way uh, today on Facebook as well. We are live on uh, Facebook joining us. And before, actually, we should always, always forget. Uh, we have to uh, remind you that you can download, stream or uh, uh, subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling central or schedule a ride with our friends at Zwift. Uh, we have in the studio today... Uh, Dave McKenzie, how are you, Dave? I am very good. Now, can I just ask, we are live Facebooking we this, are correct? We are live Facebooking. Okay, so Mr. Shaw, Ballarat boy, just mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> Stewie, I'm sure you'll, you'll be all over it, So, but it is good to be here. You're becoming the... Uh, what, what sort of attaché are you today? You are the cultural attaché, lighting I'll boy? I'll tell you what the attaché has got, the late one. He's, that's why we are late <laughs> to start the stream. It's because Macca, he always comes in late and we always make up for it, but uh, today... Today, he almost got caught off. Well, he had to get a coffee, that's why. Yeah. I did. You've uh, recognised his voice. Uh, Pat Shaw is with us as well. How are you, Pat? Yes, good. Yes, it's been, Straight in. Boom. Yes, it's been straight <laughs> in and amongst it. And I've um, actually been having a bit of a race at the local crits recently too. So the fire's back in the belly, uh, Macca. So just be careful. I might fire a few your way today. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then, of course, we have a legend with us. And I'm not mincing my words, Stuart O'Grady. How are you, Stuart? I'm great, thanks. Come closer bonjour. to the mic. Bonjour, bonjour. Uh, bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Last time uh, we spoke, you and I, I was out of breath uh, because we were walking uh, Alpe d'Huez. We were, very slowly. I was um, out of breath. You were not out of breath. <laughs> oh, I was, that was the first time to actually witness uh, Tour de France on, on the side of Alpe d'Huez. It was pretty cool. Okay. Normally I'm riding up there out of breath myself. Okay. <laughs> and it was very nice to watch everyone else ride up there out of breath. So we got one thing to talk about today. It's, of course, uh, the, the route of the 2019 Tour de France. Uh, hopefully, we're going to bring this on screen in a minute if, you, uh, if you're watching this on, on Facebook. Um, I'm going to start with you, Maka. Uh, Belgium, 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 oh, and Belgium. I love it. <laughs> you know I love it. And yes. Yes. Isn't I was great? texting you yesterday saying, we're going to have a good time in Belgium. We are, we're, we're already planning our cultural attaché <laughs> side of the trip, aren't we, uh, outside of work? Just a little bit. First two days in Brussels, grand apart, of course, in Brussels, and I was just having a, a real look. I was trying to look in more detail of the profile of stage one. Stage two is a team's time trial, I believe. But how good is it? I mean... Yeah, you can buy Leffe beers anywhere around the world, yeah. but geez, they taste better in Belgium, don't Greenberg they? Greenberg, they're about five euro <laughs> yeah. instead of fifteen dollars. Third of the price of Australia. That's right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, there's Greenberg as well. We should not encourage people to drink beer, but what else can you drink in uh, in Belgium, really? <laughs> yes. uh, we we were talking about uh, how and over the over the the, the month we've done this podcast, we've been talking about how the Tour de France is doing in bringing the history. And this year, 2019, I mean, 106 Tour de France, 100 years of the yellow jersey, 50 years of A.D. Merckx winning his first tour. They can't do any better than this. It's, isn't it, it's a really nice touch, isn't it? And they, they pay homage to past, mm. present, um, you know, athletes that have left <laughs> planet Earth, but they, mm. they 
Judd, they pay their respects really well and I guess in reference to that in, you know, the world wars that we've seen over yeah. the over the years as yeah. well. They just they've got class. Tour de France have got a lot of class when they when they do that. Absolutely. So Stewie, uh let's let's look at uh, at this route. But first of all, you uh I've done 17 Tour de France, I believe. Yeah. You wore the yellow jersey for nine days uh, yes. overall in, uh, in your career. Uh, when you are a rider and you are in that level, uh, first of all, do you know the route before? Like those guys that walked on stage <laughs> yesterday, were they in the secret or not? Nah. Nah? No. No. Really? Uh, they don't know. And to be honest, I don't really think uh, it matters too much. Um, Yeah, at the end of the day, you've got a got a bike race to to race, and it doesn't matter if it goes left or right, or goes through Switzerland or Italy or which mountains. Um, at the end of the day, you, you just kind of deal with what you've got, and you, you know you have a job to do. And I think um, every Tour de France is is hard. Um, as David said, this one looks a little bit more traditional. I think that's got a lot of respects. You know, paying homage to Eddie Merckx. Um, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, Eddie's kind of stepped away from the spotlight a bit. And you can understand why he doesn't want to hang around at bike races. But, you know, uh, he's not getting any younger. And this is a really, you know, unique opportunity for not only the whole of Belgium, but for the whole of the cycling world to really um, pay homage to the greatest of all time. Yeah, absolutely. And then you as a, as a former yellow uh, jersey wearer, uh, Christian Prudhomme said this yesterday in the presentation. Uh, he said there's 266 riders that have worn the yellow jersey for the last 100 years and only 30 are still alive. You're mm. part of that club. It's a very, very select club. Yeah, I'm glad you told me that statistic. <laughs> I didn't know 30. that. <laughs> only 30. Oh, I'm yeah. glad I'm alive. <laughs> We don't know if Lance Armstrong is in there. It might oh, be 31, okay. but uh, yeah, right. that, that statistics is uh, yet a, to be checked. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty amazing number when you kind of... I mean, those are all the kinds of stats you don't really almost obviously think about, but it's um, it's pretty amazing when you, you know, when you do hear a stat like that. But, yeah, look, um, it, it is a nice honour, and obviously, you know, when you do have the opportunity to wear the yellow jersey, it's, um, you know, it does, it does change your life. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you do anything for the rest of your career. You could retire, you know, at the end of the race... And every time you go up onto a podium and get presented to a crowd, you're known as a yellow jersey wearer of the Tour de France. So it's it's very special. Must and be a pretty high percentage of Australians. In yeah, exactly. When you think about it, yeah. Really, Australia only come to prominence in taking the yellow jersey really in maybe mid '90s, late '90s sort of. So onwards. how many have we got? Actually, well, I'd say Brad McGee, obviously Simon Gerrans, yourself, Phil Anderson. Anderson. Phil Anderson. Anderson. I remember the very first yeah. Brad Cadell. Cadell. Uh, and well, I'm just Rowan. trying to think Rowan. when the when Orica Greenedge took it in the time trial, they changed hands a few times. So there'd be five or six. So let's get the SBS statisticians. Well, I think, uh, I think it's about seven. Actually, let's get uh, where's the, Keno when you need him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe he's, uh, he's watching us. If you are actually watching us on uh, on Facebook Live, you can uh, always uh, post uh, comments. I've got uh, stuff coming up on screen. People uh, watching us from London, from uh, as far yeah as far as London. That's uh, very interesting. Uh, this route. What do we make of uh, of this of this route uh, this year, Maca, Belgium? But it's not all about Belgium. Uh, but it's all about the south of France, really. Like he, it's going to go skirting on the side, and then what I'm thinking is sun cream, sun cream, sun cream. It's going to be hot. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, if it's hot, it's uh, will it be hat. much hotter than the year just gone because we had a really hot 2018 edition. Yep, it does head down the east, so it doesn't go. I was. I had in my mind. I thought maybe we'll see a stage finish in Bordeaux yeah, uh, in yeah, 2019. Me too. 
doesn't go anywhere down the left side of the country. So I've you... never been to Bordeaux in my life. This is scared. I know. Hands up. Hands up. And see, the accent hasn't changed since he's moved to Australia. Sure, you're French. Yeah, I'm not convinced he's I'm French. I'm actually Parisian. I'm not French. I'm from Paris. Parisian. No, I, I was really hoping to go to Bordeaux this year. So was I. But, but yet again, I'm going to Po again. We'll, we'll go down in a minute after this. I love Okay, we go we'll through the Champagne it. region, <laughs> yes. uh, through Epinay. Mm. Um, we go, of course, La Planche Belfi yep. as well, mm. uh, which is going Central. to be yeah, massive central. So there's some great spots, Coldisward, um, and I think Tourmalay as well. We Tourmalay, Galibier, So it's got it's got a bit of everything really, mm. which I think is great. Okay, uh, Planche de Belfi is far very quickly becoming one of the staple of the Tour de France because it's only started a few years ago. But it looks like we're going to La Planche de Belfi quite often. Well, they see a lot of activity on the climb. I think that's the thing. And uh, the Tour de France organisers come under a lot of uh, pressure that they make the race boring and predictable. And what we've seen on uh, La Planche de Belfi is that the, the riders do enjoy the climb and it offers many climbers a chance rather than like just being the sky train that sort of patrols everything until the final kilometres. But certainly the elevation gain and also the meters of elevation that they race a substantial amount of this uh, edition of the Tour de France well uh, Team Sky, Egan Bernal has just got him written all over it so interesting after Geraint Thomas takes out the 2018 edition, they obviously got Chris Room as well but all avenues point that this really is an exciting route for young Egan Bernal well, already. So they're already young. signing for an extra five years. That means they know what to do after from and uh, and uh, and after Dion Thomas, I guess. You'd think so. Mm. I think jumping the gun though a bit early. I don't think he's ready mm. to win the two. No, but he's, he's ready to check. He's ready to check. Well, we've done up. these before though, Macker, and uh, often. It's been I mean, interesting, the result. I mean, you threw... Moscon had no chance at the World Championships, but he was very close. So I'll yeah, but he didn't it. win it. So no, no. He didn't win it. But neither did Bardot. You, you bombed out. But neither did Bardot. So. <laughs> uh, or Yates, as you picked Yates. I picked Valverde, excuse me. On the day. No, but just on La Planche de Baffy, dirt section. So they've already done it three times. It's not a huge mountain. For the people who are saying, where is this climb... Um, it's in the Vosges, I think, mm, but it's yeah. not a high altitude mountain and it's not super long, but this or next year, I should say, they're finishing on a dirt climb at again, the top. Uh, more and more, we talked about it last, last podcast, again, a race on gravel and dirt. What's going on? Are, are they we're pushing going, the bikes? We're reverting. No, but are we? Uh, exactly. No. I, think I think they're really finding these little mystique, uh, you know, mysterious off the grid, um, off the touristy map as well. You know, it seems like everyone's trying to find this uh, little goat track, which has never been raced up before. And Well, the Giro you know, have been. Yeah, the Giro have done that for, that, for, for years. Yeah, yeah. And everyone yeah, loves a gravel climb, evidently. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, this uh, Planche de Belfi has a section of 24%. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting. That's, uh, that's really something to, to look forward. What stage is this, La Planche de Belfi? In terms of the stage number? That I don't is a good question. On. It's in the first... That's uh, six. Six. Six yeah, stage. Yeah, because that so was a question from uh, Adrian Oxton, is stage number six. I was going to say about the gravel sectors, again, it comes back to that unpredictability that, that uh, for too long the Tour de France has almost been so predictable that it, it bores a lot of particularly the, the purists. So by adding those in, and I mean we'll take prime example, Giro d'Italia this year when uh, Chris Froome launched his assault and 
took the, the GROs off the, um, from nowhere. Yep. And um, the, the, the pink jersey just pulled, pulled it from nowhere. Um, mm. And that was that climb, similar sort of conditions. Steep, steep, gravel, unpredictable. And um, so they're exciting stages because you can't just say it's going to end in this result. There's going to be three new uh, places as well that we're going to go. Uh, Binge, Saint-Dié-des-Vosges and Pont, de, Pont du Gard as well. Pont du Gard is stunning. I've been there when I was a kid. That's the place I've been, by so, the way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, I'll give you that one. Been a couple of places. <laughs> I've actually travelled a bit in France. <laughs> What's the population? Uh, Who's know. the mayor? <laughs> uh, la partie, non, la partie, non. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we are still exploring some new places as well. We are, but look, If you, if you break it all down, I think what they're trying to do, and it's obvious and it's not and it's not a secret, the Tour de France, they're trying to tighten the race and tighten the general classification. As you said, it's, it was in jeopardy of becoming boring. You know, some you can debate that. And I think the longer I've sat on the other side of the fence, mm. I sit there some days saying, yeah, this so, is... So, actually, question, is it becoming boring or the general attention span on anything is getting shorter? Because both. there's the state, both. yeah, I think both. Both, both. There's the argument that the, the Grand Tours should be shortened to two weeks. Well, that debate goes around, and I'm, I'm in favour of it. They've sort of, they've sort of sat on the, the, the organisers <laughs> sort of sat on the fence a little bit, though. Like they've got the short stages in there again this yep. year that are going to be exciting, but they've got. Uh, probably too many long stages. And look, when we're in Australia and we're sitting there, we all want to have the eyes peeled back to watch uh, the Cycling Central coverage and on SBS. But two a.m. is late. Two hundred plus case. You know, it gets a little bit hard. But that other well, country in called Western Australia, they love it because yeah. they're in the right time. Well, I, I don't yeah. think Prudhomme's too concerned about the Australian spectators <laughs> no. because there are more people in the world watching the bike race. And in my opinion, I think last year. Um, it was so action-packed. We had cobbles, you know, yep. we had 67-kilometre stages. We had kind of everything they could throw into a Tour de France to disrupt pretty much everything they could do to disrupt Team Sky from winning yep. and hopefully get a Bardet winning. Didn't happen. So I think, Careful. again, well... Christophe <laughs> takes it a bit personal when you start talking about the French. Well, I think, yeah. you know, this year, the coming year for 2019, they've really gone back to a more historical Tour de France, longer stages. You know, it's, it's not a crazy tour. You know, there's no such thing as an easy tour, but there's no stupid stages. And but I think this is going back historically, you know, it, showing the Mercs. And, and, it makes know. it interesting, though, doesn't it? We say that. That means there's something, something's going to jump out during the race because it always does, doesn't yeah. it? When we say, gee, it doesn't look like it's going to be too crazy suddenly. And what I was mm. going to say before, what they've done, they've added eight bonus points, yes. they've called it, yep. on mountaintops. So bonus seconds. Yeah. Which haven't been in which for is unique, twenty odd years, and it's unique in the in the in any international UCI yeah. rated race because you never get time bonuses on uh, well, King of the Mountains. There was Did one other little interesting thing that Prudhomme slipped under his microphone yesterday. Uh, he's he's spoken to the UCI about banning power meters. Oh yeah. Um, so that was pretty interesting, you know. So that's not going to happen to 2019. Do you I think? don't think it'll happen. But what do you all. what do you think? Because you've come through all of the errors. Oh, what look, do you think should happen with that? I think people kind of over over analyze the power meter. I mean, it's there and sure they're looking at it, but at the end of the day, you still got to push yourself and, and do the work. I think if you've got the technology, what's wrong with using it? You know, that's like saying the MotoGP will take off your dashboard and don't have a tachometer. You know, you should know yep. the sound of your engine. Yeah. I think, you know, the technology is there. It's not, you know, it's it, 
they're not winning the Tour de France because of a power meter. You know, you've still got but the riders to do it, and they so, train and they're well drilled. So, well what would drilled. be the intention of Prudem doing this? And is the next stage banning race radio or radios? Will that not come into the same the same bundle? But we need race radios because when you're Sucking. plummeting down a descent yeah. and yeah. you've got a and crash there's a or there's a bit of the oil <laughs> spilled on a corner because one of the TV crews has decked their bike, that crashed the bike. You need that. That that'd be silly. Um, but there's no reason why you can't have changed that so that maybe they can communicate to the team captain or yeah. you can only hear on the radios. You can't talk back. Yeah. That might be an option, but you can't just take out race radios. Mm-hmm. You can't just have these knee-jerk reactions where we go, oh, my God, they're dominating. We'll do everything we can to take, you know, that that's rubbish. Can I take it from another point, though? Cycling, you know, we're always talking about how do we broaden cycling, how do we increase uh, the interest for the viewer, um, how do we increase money into the sport. Well, taking out sponsors like the Power Meter sponsors, taking out the data that comes up on the data overlay on the screens now, which is the most impressive uh, improvement in the telecast in the past three years, the onboard cameras and these things. These are the future. And people like this situation with Prudhomme, they're living in the past and they're going to draw cycling back in. There's nothing wrong with the past and the history of cycling. It's a brilliant sport and that's what we love about it. But there are ways to move forward and we should use technology in the best way to develop the sport in a global sense. And that's the only way. So it's just ignorant is what it is. Especially when you get the public. I mean, the question we, we get a lot more is can we get more data on screen? Yeah. Can we get more data? What is this? Yeah, the you know, what's happening? Yeah, the public is loving it. So because why they would feel they more, actually They go? feel more personally it, involved yeah. because they think when I go out riding, I'm going to try and get the power meter out and sit there, mm. even if it's for five seconds, see what Chris Froome does up Le Planche de Belfi and then I'll try it on the flat, you know, along the mm. beach or whichever. <laughs> but that's, that's what makes the cycling interesting as well as the fact that the spectators can stand maybe even millimetres, centimetres off the riders as they compete for glory. So why detract from these beautiful things about our sport that are unique rather than um, Mm -hmm. embrace them? Let's go back to the roots. Uh, We mentioned Po. Uh, I know you love Po. Mm. Po was so hot. Like temperature is going to be so hot that the tarmac could actually physically melt (laughs) in Po. Um, La course is going to be in Po as well. Yes. Uh, This is great. It's going to be punchy. Yeah, well, they, and they made the point. They said, you know, we had the Champs Elysees for the women initially yep. when they started La Course, and Get then they then they had the mountains. Mm. So Get now they've got the the course for the punchy riders. So I think it's going to be a, a section of the individual time trial, which is on that day in Po, and it'll be laps, it'll be circuits. So it's good. I still would have liked to have seen more days added. Hard, hard. I just think at some point they've got to. Jump again. Yes. Come on. And, and, yeah. mm. and you, people might say, oh, come on, Mackenzie, you're jumping on the wagon, trying to trying to make yourself look good by supporting women's racing. Stuart, you're, you're only a year older than me. When I was a young kid growing up watching the Tour de France, I remember mm. the women's Tour de France. I remember it. And I was inspired by that because there was a couple of Australian women, I think it was Liz Heppel who finished on the podium, and Shane yeah. Bannon, in fact, took the first women's team to the Tour de France, and it was a 10 or an 11-day stage race. Mm. Now, I know it costs money. I get it. We all get that. But I just think at some point they they need to be leaders. It's another brand yeah. of globalising. They need to lead the way and say we are absolutely backing it, not just with a stage, 
we're backing it with a week. The excuse is the logistics, yeah. though. We, when we ask them, is the logistics? They go, we can't organize two. It is, two. but yeah, I, well, I think it I, can be done. I do. Yeah, I have heard. I did ask that from uh, someone I know in the ASO uh, this year when we're over there, and it is. It all comes down to, um, from what they say, is, is police closures yep. and security. You know, they can't have the guys. Uh, well, you know, the security that cover the men's tour de France back up for the women. So that would mean you know getting all this extra police force and i know you know i'm sure it's there yeah but for the time being it's obviously a bit hard i'd agree i'd, I'd like to see a few days if not a week mm. um you know but they've done two days before they've done mountain and the finish on the show they did that they did the Isoire and the marseille sort of trial trial it didn't really work didn't work it was good they tried it yeah it was interesting because it was like something new but it didn't work not even close but it's going to be hard to live up to this year's race come on was it the best was it the best that was it was the best stage of the tour male or female yeah correct Absolutely, it was, it was the, great. The finish was exciting, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Shorter stage. What's your opinion on it, um, Stuart? Like we've got three shorter stage. Uh, yeah, we uh, we put it back again. But uh, stage fourteen, hundred and seventeen kilometers. Stage nineteen, hundred and twenty-three kilometers. Stage twenty, hundred and thirty-one kilometers. Yep. They are pretty close to each other as well. Mm. As a rider, how do you see this? Is this going to stir up the things from right in oh, the middle? The, the, the shorter end? the race, the faster they go. Um, you know, if you've got a, there's quite a few stages, especially early on. We've got a 214k, and then the next day a 215. Uh, there's a 230k stage in there, and I think they're basically just trying to get the kilometres up for the overall distance. Yeah. Um, and also keep that touch of history. Uh, back in you know back in the early Tour de France, that I rode pretty much every day was around 180 to 220. Um, we didn't have these shorter stages, but I much prefer the shorter stages because they're more action packed. Um, but in, know, the, in the end, they don't deliver the surprises, though. Like you see, lots of action. The yeah. shorter, do, do no, we I see surprises? Can. Yeah. Yeah, but can, they, can well, they shake up the overall? Yeah. Ranking? It depends on the terrain of the. St- if it's a flat stage, yeah, I mean, not at all. Yeah, it is what it is. Kind of... uh, we saw him collapse in uh, the Finistra stage, and that's True. why he fell out. And he looked like he wasn't. You know, he looked untouchable until that point. It does continue with that unpredictable. Um, Mm. of the, the course and I think that it's three in the last six days of the tour means that you're just not sure because you just got to have your team bundle it up or you get a group that goes up the road. We saw it this year in the Tour de France in those short days. It was like 45 riders in the break. Well, mm-hmm. that's dangerous whether the, it's a long stage or a short. But on a long stage, at least you've got time to neutralize it. On a short stage, they get out to 10, 12 minutes and get some momentum. It ain't come back. Mm. A lot to look forward to. Oh, <laughs> I mean, chomping at the bit. It's one of the. <laughs> it's one of the first. Year I'm, I'm actually very excited about the the whole course. So, From you early been, so on. previously yeah. you haven't been su- super excited. No, no, like, not oh, okay. that early in the in in the practice. You know, not that early. I already want to be there. I already yeah, want to be there. I don't know if it's the Belgium effect or I don't know. Well, that, yeah, that does. Have <laughs> I've been brainwashed by you, you know. Yes, yes, totally. Um, any other business or remark or things we want to talk about this around this tour? I mean, Eddie Merckx, fifty years. Uh, uh, yesterday on stage, they had all the five times winner of that Tour de France uh, minus one, of course. And but they did mention uh, him not in that that segment, but uh, uh, Prudhomme talked about the cheating. Uh, he talked about it uh, in, in his opening speech. Um, that's such an important thing to have and remember someone like Eddie Merckx. 
Because mm. he's for you, he's, he's probably a legend of of for everyone. But for you as a as a yellow jersey wearer, so you're part yeah. of that club. You're with him. Yeah, I'm lucky enough to uh and to know Eddie pretty well. Um, came down and lived down in uh, Monaco where we lived for a while, and when he just started getting back on the bike to be around his son and his grandkids, and um, you know, I'll never forget one day he uh, we met for dinner, and then he's he kind of messaged the next morning and said, "Do you want to go for a ride?" And I kind of had to pinch myself, uh, you know. That Eddie <laughs> Do you keep works. that text? <laughs> no, Do you screenshot but, that text? <laughs> um, through those couple of coffee shop rides, uh, you know, that was the key to getting him down to the Tour Down Under uh, the following year. So, um, you know, I'm really honoured to even have any kind of connection with Eddie and we have a lunch with him uh, during the Classics as part of our, one of our tours. And, you know, he comes along uh, as a friend. Um, you know, happened to give him a couple of South Australia's finest bottles of wine <laughs> as a nice gift. But um, yeah, just an absolute honour and just an absolute legend and gentleman. What's good to see as well is that was good yesterday in the Prezo to see Eddie Merckx on stage with the guys from ASOX. We know they had their runnings that's yeah. been well publicised over the years, but it's kind of sealing the fact that they probably have made up. Yeah. Uh, whether or not how, how that, that that happened, I don't know. But in the case that they've made up, they're on stage and they're celebrating him. It was fantastic. It was really it was really a great moment. Um, you know, to see Miguel Indrain, uh, yeah. Bernard Hino. You know, I kind of wished uh, a few others uh, were up there. It must have been hard for old Pupu. Yeah, uh, he was know, there. Yeah, yeah there. eight times. Or they even got him up onto the podium out of you know massive respect. But to be eight times in the podium and and not win, uh, mm. that must be really hard um but yeah it was just a great it was a great moment in history you know seeing those three legends uh you know may never happen again the thing with Polidor is that because uh, he's still on the tour he's still there every year we like every to day. see every day <laughs> and it's actually quite interesting when we did that uh, little piece on the 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 lion remember yes. he was sitting on a plastic chair looking at us yeah and you go we're doing this thing on tv for sbs and it's Polidor just watching us yeah, 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 on a plastic yeah. garden chair having, yeah. uh, having a drink yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like yeah they're keeping it real and then there's Polidor yeah you know yeah. absolutely legend um any other business around this tour de france that you guys want to uh, to mention no yeah we've oh, you've ticked off all of the little notes that i wrote I've down my, so my, uh, you've, my, well, my you've done your homework i'm <laughs> impressed yeah Cool. Any other business around the world of cycling you guys want to uh, to mention? Yes, a couple of snippets. Gaviria, Fernando Gaviria, Colombian, Correct. exiting Quick Step. A year early. Why did you see that coming? Too. A year early. early. I don't After think the anybody year... saw that coming. No. So After... he's he's going to UAE, Emirates, yes. apparently. Good to see Rob Power get a win at Japan Cup to finish off his season last role with Mitchell and Scott, particularly the relationship they've had. They stood by him through all of his uh, health setbacks. He now goes on to Sunweb next year and, look, really hope that this is the beginning of seeing absolute best of him because he's shown us what he's made of. Um, although Sunweb got their issues too, four director sportees have left since the since the last four weeks of the season. Riders also saying that it's four. such a strict, <laughs> yeah, such a strict uh, culture Where's there. Where's this as intel well. coming from? <laughs> such a strict culture there that a lot of the riders don't like. But certainly our Aussies that are there are youthful, and it's the best way for them to develop in a strict culture. So really looking forward to seeing what Jai Hindley and Michael Storer in, in can do, and Chris Hamilton. There was this incredible story from the director sportive of Trek as well that went for a ride. Uh, did you see this? He went yeah. for a ride. Yeah. And then the young. Yes. Yeah. yes. And, and then the Strava point stopped and they, they basically had a heart attack. Mm. 
on, and he was found out with uh, with Strava. Mm. Uh, we 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 wish him uh, all the best. Uh, all the best. But yeah. that, that's just an incredible story. Yeah, because the yeah. whole Twitter rata just went on to trying to match find, up, finding find him, and like who's on the course, who's uh, who's there it's on amazing. Strava. It's, that's yeah, what, the beauty of technology. Exactly. That's yeah, how that's technology can can really uh, mm. really help. Yeah. Yeah. And. Anyf- anything else that we, uh, um, we have around? I'll throw something in. Yeah, we're on December 5th in Crown Casino. Uh, we are holding uh, myself and, and Moomoo Cycling are hosting a celebration lunch of, for Maddie Heyman. Absolutely. That's what um, that's, yeah. So, you know, Maddie's kind of flown under the Australian media, you know, magnifying glass, I guess. He kind of, you know, is the, the quiet achiever. Um, you know, everyone's heard from pretty much everyone else, but... Uh, you know, we've taken the opportunity to really give Matty uh, the bit of respect and the spotlight that he deserves. Um, I've asked him to bring down his cobble so that we can actually get both Perry Bay rocks uh, in Australia. That'd be pretty cool. That's incredible. Where will we be bringing that from? Holland. Yeah, so he's pretty nervous. Extra <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty funny because he sent me a message saying, so, you know, how did you do it? What did you do? And I went, mate, it's pretty simple. I put it in a cabin baggage and lobbed it in the you know made it look like it was seven kilo uh struggled to get it in the overhead and then when i rocked up in melbourne uh put it through the x-ray machine <laughs> the guy goes what have you got in there made a rock <laughs> yes much. i have did you go not the rock yeah a bit of a grin and um you know let me straight through there's obviously no drama with bringing a rock in but it was a bit of an unusual thing to bring through so yeah hopefully maddie um we asked him to bring his bike as well, but that's probably a little bit too much. But if we get both Perry Bay Rocks down under, um, that'd be pretty cool. And yeah. he, because he, end of tour down under, he's, that's it. Bike yeah. Just yep. So, you know, Matty's, um, you know, hats off again. I mean, I couldn't think of anything worse than kind of knowing you're going to retire in January and having to train through a, through the next few months. There's got to be part of him, you know, and it's not just like a crit. You know, if it was me, I'd probably... Well, you'd say that, but you probably would have done it. But you'd probably finish off with a criterium, say the People's Choice Classic, and then get the hell out yep. of there. Um, the fact that he's, you know, putting a number on the back and, and his last race is going to be a world tour, you know, and they're getting harder and harder. Did they're not you, like an easy race. Were you a little bit surprised? I thought he might have gone on to and ended at Paris-Roubaix because the Classics then, like you say, you've got to do all that sort of prep pre-season. He's still got to train and be switched on. Yeah, Two more months to the to the events as you did, you yeah. know the events that he loves. I thought he might have just kept going to Lynn. I think it's easy to say that, yeah. but then to actually put yourself on the line, uh, you know, for Roubaix. Look, you know that when you've kind of got that tiny little bit of thought in your mind that you're retiring, and you know time's coming to to kind of finish at a classic when you know you're not at your best. Um, you're not, you're only going to get your head kicked in, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of fun in that, so. No, I think it's great that he's doing it on Australian soil. Um, everyone can really celebrate him and, and, you know, have plenty of time to pat him on the back and make up Matty Heyman signs and see off one of Australia's, you know, best road, road cycles. Okay. Actually, Very I've got boy. one more funny fact I read uh, this morning that Andrea Taffy is yes. going to make a comeback. 52. Uh, for, for you know 20th anniversary since he won Roubaix <laughs> i got to say I saw something about mate, that I, I, I did have a bit of a chuckle I mean I know the guy's fit I ran into him at the classics this year and he's skinnier than when he raced and he says that I still fit into my Italian you know I can't be on him <laughs> 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 oh, 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 mate you are you know 
he would be scarred. And I was kind of talking about that this morning with the guys. The difference is now, you know, back in the day, if you kind of bumped into a Schmiel or Taffy or a Ballerini or Maceo, you got a clip around the head. Uh, whereas these days, you know, the gloves are off. There's no more respect. So I think he'd, he wouldn't struggle with the distance or, you know, dieseling through it. What he would struggle with would be the fact that he's got all these little 25-year-olds just backing <laughs> him out of the way and carving him up. So he's serious. Is he's, this he's, actually... he's already contacted the UCI. He's asked to be put on the uh, anti-doping control six months in advance. And what is he's there contacted, He's contacted the six wildcard teams that go to Peru Bay. <laughs> Mate. He's full on. He wants to do it. And he goes, you know, I know it may sound crazy, oh but God. this is my dream. And, you know, maybe it'll I'll look like an idiot, but I'm prepared to have a crack. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Uh, last thing we're going to do, uh, your cap. Let's make yeah. it sign. Are you okay to sign this? Sure. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll give it away in, uh, as a present of uh, anyone that's putting uh, uh, comments or share this podcast or put comments on, on the Facebook. Uh, and then you've got some couple of, couple of gifts. But while you say this, let's get uh, Stuart to sign Yes, we cup. need to do it on camera. Yeah. So yeah. it's official. Yes, yeah, so we've also got a swag bag from uh, Zwift. So three months subscription, a couple of drink bottles and a cap like I've worn today. And... Um, so so with your sweat, but the signature. No, nah, this, this one's going to be a special one because Stewie's signing it. Um, so there's as no I faking told you it. the other day, Stewie was actually uh, my idol growing up. So um, that's that's going to be a great prize for someone. But, so the price uh, is here. There's a uh, show the bags and stuff. There's a it's there on the back there, of the, a couple of bags. There's also uh, so that cap that's been signed in front of your eyes here on Facebook Live. Thank you, thank you guys uh, for coming. Thank you very much for uh, Stuart O'Grady to be My here. Pleasure. Well honoured, and it's been great. Thank you for coming. Thank, thank you, you. Maka. Thank, thank you. Pat. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast, of course, on Facebook Live as well. Uh, remember that you can uh, subscribe uh, or do whatever you want with this podcast sign up uh, on our website sbs.com.au slash cycling central of course schedule a ride with our lovely friends after Zwift next podcast will be in uh, yeah a couple of weeks I think fortnight I think so I think so sounds good thank you guys bye for now Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today.